This morning, I'm about to share a message titled, Does God Hear Our Prayers? As I said uh, a few minutes ago, when we started praying for people, uh, we were very happy because uh, nobody in our church was sick from this uh, sickness. So we were very happy and we were all praying earnestly. Nonetheless, we started hearing that uh, some people in our church were actually getting sick. So naturally it begins or brings a question to our mind. And we begin to wonder, did God actually hear my prayers? Was there any meaning to my prayer? If I prayed so earnestly, if my dad, my mom is such a praying woman or praying man, how come they got sick with this? So where is the promise of God? Did God actually keep his promise? Is there any point in praying about things like this? Well, that's a very pertinent question. And uh, that's what we will discuss this morning for a few minutes. Now we know that uh, our governor last week came out, we probably saw many people posted that on Facebook. He came out and said, don't think that it is your faith that is bringing a difference in New York state. It's not your prayer that is bringing a difference in New York state. It's the science and the hard work of the scientists and doctors that is bringing a difference in or making a difference in New York state. I was very surprised when I saw a post by someone who had uh, quoted that and uh, posted a clip by our governor. I wish he didn't say that. I don't know why he said that. I, I, I really wish he didn't say that because he didn't have to say that uh, because we know that millions of people are praying about this, millions of people are standing in the gap for others in this season, and that does make a difference. But when we study Bible as children of God, one of the things that we learn is that God does not answer our prayers the same way all the time. God does not answer our prayers the same way all the time. Actually, the message that I'm about to share uh, with you, I believe I shared the same message with uh, the folks in Gateway last year. But uh, nonetheless, this is very pertinent for this time, and not only for our members, but uh, for the people who are watching us on Facebook and who will be watching us in the future uh, from Facebook. I, I want to share this message and uh, teach these principles from the Word of God. We have to remember that uh, God does not answer our prayers all the time the same way. And that's where we have issues because we expect God to move the same way all the time because we are creatures of habit. As human beings, we are creatures of habit and uh, we try to do the same things the same way all the time. And we think God functioned that same way. But then to our surprise, we learn that God does not function that way all the time. So uh, we have to prepare ourselves uh, for the way God will give us an answer and also for the timing of God because the timing of God will be different from our expected time and the means of God will be different from our expected means. So we have to take all of this into consideration and be surrendered to the will of God every time we pray. One book in the Bible 
where we can see <clears throat> real, excuse me, real life examples of this is in the book of Daniel. In the book of Daniel, we can see four different prayer challenges that Daniel and his friends had to face. And on all four occasions, God gave them an answer in a different way. A couple of years ago, when I was reading through the book of Daniel, I think two years ago when we were teaching the book of Revelation in our church, I took time to read the book of Daniel again. And this caught my attention. Every time they had a prayer challenge, the answer came in a different manner. And that was an eye-opener for me. So I made a note of that. And since then, I have shared this thought with a couple of people on a couple of platforms. I mean, more, more than a couple of people on a couple of platforms. Because this is a principle that will change our thinking. This is a, a, a principle that will allow us to continue steadfastly in our prayer life. Amen. Otherwise, we will be worried. Many people have given up on God because God didn't come through for the way they expected or at the time they expected. And because of that, they start questioning God. And they eventually, they lose, uh, lose their faith in God and uh, they stop praying. But none of that will happen to us if we realize that God does not answer our prayers always in the same manner. So let me quickly take you through these four challenges these people had to face. The first prayer challenge we see in Daniel chapter 2. And uh, uh, since we know the story, I'm just going to run through this without reading any scriptures. In, in Daniel chapter 2, the challenge was the, the dream King Nebuchadnezzar had. All of us know that one night he had a dream. And uh, next morning when he got up, he could not he could not remember the dream, uh, but he knew that that dream was very important and that he needed to know what the, that dream was all about. And he also knew that that dream had something to do with him. So he desperately wanted to remember that dream and get the meaning of it, but he couldn't because he couldn't remember the dream. So he called all his advisors and said, listen, I had a major dream last night I know it's extremely important, and someone was trying to tell me something, but I cannot remember that dream. So I want you guys to tell me what was that dream, and also interpret that dream for me. So his advisors got very upset, and uh, uh, flabbergasted, I would say, and said, uh, King, nobody has ever asked such a question or made such a demand uh, to their advisors, because if you tell us the dream, we can try to interpret that dream for uh, for you. But how in the world we can remember the dream that you had? So the king got very angry because he was an autocrat and he commanded all his underwears to be killed. By that time, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego were young people. They were actually students in King's Academy. They were captured as slaves when uh, Judea was captured by the Babylonians and uh, they were brought into the Babylon and, and they, uh, they were put in King's Academy probably, you know, equivalent to our modern day MBA. They were giving them lessons how to rule the country, how to do government, do different government functions, etc. But in addition to that, they also taught them sorcery because in those days, sorcery was considered a science. 
so, and astrology was considered a science. So they taught them sorcery and astrology. And whatever these advisors knew, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and uh, Daniel also had learned that in that school. So the king sent um, a soldier to them also, telling them that uh, unless they cannot, unless they cannot come up with uh, the dream and the interpretation of it, they're all going to be killed. And Daniel and his friends handled that situation very wisely. They told this man, listen, anyway, you're going to kill us, so what is the rush? Give us a couple of days. Let us pray to our God and see if he can reveal that dream to us. And they started praying. So listen to me. This is what I want to tell you. None of us were always prayer warriors. Remember the old days when we were not prayer warriors? We didn't pray much. Probably even if we prayed, we just prayed just enough to get by. We just said a one-minute prayer in the morning and a one-minute prayer in the evening, and that was the end of it. But what turned us into prayer warriors are the challenges in our lives. Maybe somebody in your family got very sick and you had to seek the face of the Lord and God had to come through for it. And you knew that God was your only answer. And because of that, you started spending time in the presence of God and, and, and you started fasting and praying and praying for hours and reading scriptures for hours and spending more and more time in the presence of God. And guess what? Eventually God came through for you. Amen. But by that time, your life changed. Life changed and you became a prayer warrior because you have uh, uh, been praying for a long time. Prayer became a lifestyle for you. I believe Daniel and his friends were in that situation, in that condition at that time because they were not prayer warriors. They were just young people enrolled in King's Academy. But because they had a, a, a crisis in their life, like the crisis that we are going through right now, they had a crisis and they knew that if they didn't come with an answer, they were going to be killed. It was worse than our situation because we know we pray for God's deliverance in the midst of this crisis, but in the, and, and, we, and most of us will survive this crisis. But uh, in their cases, it was 100% destruction was guaranteed because the king was going to behead all of them. So they had to get an answer from the Lord first. Now, can you imagine? It's an impossible prayer challenge. Impossible prayer. The very first prayer challenge in their lives is an impossible one. Because what are they asking? They are asking God the, the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, which is somewhere in the, in the brain of Nebuchadnezzar, and he kind of recollected. They are asking God to take that dream from Nebuchadnezzar's brain and put it in Daniel's brain. Are you following what I'm saying? Look at the impossible prayer task, impossible prayer topic these kids are praying for. They are asking God to take the dream that was in King Nebuchadnezzar's brain to pick it up from there and put it in Daniel's brain so that they can come up with an interpretation. But you want to know something? God did that. God did that. They got the answer that they were praying for. Amen. They were surprised how fast they got the answer. Isn't that the same thing that has happened in our lives sometimes? Sometimes God comes through for us faster than we expect. We get our answers faster than we expect. And we get all excited 
The only problem is that because that happened one time, we will expect the same thing to happen all the time. And that's what the lesson I want to teach you this morning. And they and you know the answer. They they were taken to king's court and they gave the interpretation to the king. And the king was so pleased. And king acknowledged their God as the only living God. And then gave them high positions in his kingdom. And they all became governors in that kingdom. Amen. And they were became you know, came into high positions in that kingdom because God came through for them in their first prayer challenge. But the prayer challenge didn't end there. And, and that's also another thing that we learn in our lives, you know. When we go through one prayer challenge, we take time for prayer. We sit in the presence of God. We fast and pray, and we get an answer. And we think, okay, from now on, life is going to be smooth. Only to wake up to the harsh reality that prayer challenges come again. So they had to face more prayer challenges. The second prayer challenge that we see is in Daniel chapter 3. After this, I would encourage you to read through the book of Daniel through uh, during this week. In Daniel chapter 3, we can see the next prayer challenge. And what was the next prayer challenge? This king, you know, increased in power, increased in glory, and became very proud as a result of that. If you look at the interpretation of the dream in chapter 2, what God told Nebuchadnezzar was that uh, you are going to be the head of gold of this huge image I showed you. And that image is a symbolic representation of the rest of the human history. And then you will look at that. If you look at that image, you will see the head was made with gold. The, the shoulder and chest was made with silver. Then the stomach was made with uh, uh, copper. The thigh area was made with uh, iron. And then the feet was made with clay. Uh, so God said, uh, just like this is a composite, I'm going to show you in symbolic way the rest of the human history. And he was telling Nebuchadnezzar, the rest of the human history, prophetic human history, is going to start with you. What a great privilege is that? What a high position is that? God is unfolding his prophetic history for the rest of the time and says, Nebuchadnezzar, you are going to be the head. It's going to begin with you. But you know what? As for the human nature, he was not happy with that. When we come to the next chapter, he, we see he's, he, he's making a huge image made completely of gold. As if telling God, God, I am not ready. I'm not happy by just being the head. I want a whole image to be made with gold. You know what was he trying to tell God? God, I want the rest of the human history to be controlled by the Babylonian empire. Are you with me? Hallelujah. What did God tell him? You are the head of God, which represents the Babylonian empire. And the history starts with you. But the Babylonian empire will not last forever. A few years later, I'm going to change human history. And then a, a, a second empire will come on the scene, the Medes and the Persians will come on the scene and they represent the, the silver and then they will not last for the rest of the world. Then after a while, uh, the Greek empire will come on the scene and they represent the copper. And then God said, uh, you know, they won't last for the rest of the human history. After a while, I'm going to bring another empire on the scene and which was a Roman empire. 
and uh, that represents the thigh area made with the iron. And then God said, uh, that doesn't end there, but the, in the end of times, there will be a, an empire made with uh, clay and iron. Uh, and that represents the democratic world system of the world today. So God told Nebuchadnezzar, you start, you are starting with the history, the property history, excuse me, is going to unfold with you, but your kingdom, the kingdom that you are establishing now, is going to only last for a while. After a while, history is going to change. Another empire is going to come on the scene. And do you know why he made a, an image of God in the next chapter? He was challenging God. He was telling God, no God, I am not happy with what you plan to do. I want the rest of the end of human history to be controlled by the Babylonian empire. So he made a huge image of gold and told everyone to worship before that image. And we know the story. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego were also expected to worship, bow down and worship before that image. And they said, no, we cannot do that because that will be in violation of one of the 10 commandments where God specifically said, thou shalt not have any other gods before me. So we cannot do that. And, but the king was not willing to listen. Even though the king had honored them in the previous chapter, now the king is, has become very proud. And you know, pride always brings arrogance. Arrogance also always changes your personality. And the king became very brutal. And king said, no, I'm going to ask, give you one more chance. I'm going to bring my choir and all of them going to play all these instruments. When they play all these instruments, you have one more chance to bow down and worship before this image. If you don't bow down and worship before this image, I'm going to cast you into this fire. And they had a huge pyre of, uh, in front of that statue. And, they, and the king got very angry. So they increased the fire seven times over. But the, this young people are standing firm. And standing firm. Do you know why they are standing firm? They already had an answer to a prayer challenge. Remember, their first prayer challenge was an impossible prayer challenge. God had to take the dream from somebody's brain and put it in somebody else's brain. And that was an impossible prayer challenge. But God came through for them. Amen. And because of that, they are standing strong before God. And they said, no, we will not bow. We will not bow. We will not bow. Every time they said, we will not bow. We will not bow. They are expecting God to come through for them. They're expecting God. Amen. And, 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 say, and, and, and deliver them. Do another miracle and deliver them from the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. But God didn't. I'm sure even to the last minute, even though they said, uh, even if our God does not deliver us, we will not bow down before this image, that was not the desire. They didn't want to go in that, uh, in that fire any more than we would want to. They didn't want to be thrown in that fire, but they, they kept on saying that because they had already seen an answer to a previous problem. God had already come through for a prayer challenge in their lives. So they said that we will not, but you know the story. God didn't come through for them as they expected. They were thrown in the fire and when they were being thrown into that fire, what do you think was going through their mind? They asked questions just like we would. They asked God, where are you? How come you came through for us last time and you're not coming through for us this time? How come you forgot us? We, still, we stood up for you, Lord. We defended uh, you, Lord. We defended your honor, Lord. 
We refuse to bow down this, this idol to defend your honor, Lord. So how come you didn't come through for us? They had a million questions in their mind. Nonetheless, they were thrown into that fire. But we know how that story ended, though. After they were thrown into the fire, the Lord showed up. Hallelujah. None of us want God to show up after we go into the fire. We all want to avoid the fire. We want God to come through before the fire. We don't want to go through a difficult situation. We don't want to get sick. As I said at the beginning of our message, we had six families that got the sickness, this horrible sickness in our church. None of them want to go through this. I'm sure if you ask them, they will say, we don't want to go through this. We don't want to suffer this difficulty of breathing. We don't want to suffer this high fever. We don't want to um, suffer this feeling of somebody choking us. We don't want to suffer the feeling of uh, having a 50 kilogram uh, put on our chest. None of us want to go through any of that. Amen. And, and you cannot get up, you cannot lay down, you, you go through this horrible hell of a sickness when you get this sickness. Amen. When this disease or this, this pandemic, none of us want to go through that. So what do we want to do? We want God to come through for us before that. Do you want that? But sometimes God does not do that. Even though we expect God to do that, sometimes he doesn't do that. You know, he wait until we are thrown into the fire. And we may think, Lord, you didn't hear my prayer. That's why I'm in this fire this morning. Isn't that the story with the many of us this morning? I mean, whether you are members of our church or whether you are listening to us from somewhere else in the world, watching us on live stream, amen. Isn't this the story of our lives? Many times when we are in the fire, we believe that God didn't hear my prayer. That's why I ended up in the fire. But then God surprised us by showing up in the middle of that fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he shows up. And every time when he shows up, we know that his power begins to manifest in our lives. All of a sudden, you see that the ropes that tie you down is burned to ashes. Your situations change. You get a new authority over your situation. What were these young people doing? They were walking in that fire. Hallelujah. They were walking in that fire. Why were they walking in that fire? Because they got an authority over their situation. Amen. So I want you to believe with me this morning. And I want all the members of Gateway who are watching me right now, who are joined with me right now on the Zoom to lift up your hands and say, Lord, I thank you for the authority that you are giving me over my situation this morning. Come on, let's say it. Let's say it. Say, Lord, I thank you for the authority that you are giving me over my situation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't worry. Amen. You may be, you may be <clears throat> in, a, in that, uh, uh, you may be, <clears throat> excuse me, you may be in a fire this morning. But guess what? Nothing will happen to you. I can guarantee you in the name of Jesus that nothing will happen to you because God is giving you an authority over your situation this morning. Come on, lift up your hand and praise God. Hallelujah. I know we are not together. I know we are not in our church. But nonetheless, we can worship God this morning. Hallelujah. 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 He is giving you an authority over your situation this morning. 
Amen. So you can walk over the fire that was destined to consume you. Ha! You can walk over the situation. Amen. That came threatening into your life, threatening to consume you. But this morning, I tell you, as a child of God, you're not going to be consumed in this fire. Amen. You're going to be let loose. Hallelujah. And you're going to challenge the authority. I mean, you're going to take authority over this fiery furnace that is in your life that has been intensified seven times over. You're going to take authority over that fiery furnace and you're going to let loose and you're going to walk over it. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. You're going to have victory over it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. If you believe that, once again, praise God. Praise God. Come on. Let's all praise God this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So you see, the second time, God answered a completely different way to the second uh, the, to the prayer challenge or the challenge in their lives. God waited until they fell in the fire. And then he showed up with the answer for them. So this morning, I know some of you are in a fiery furnace. Some of you are going through a fiery furnace. God hasn't forgotten you. God is still with you. He's going to come through for you. Amen. Hallelujah. He's going to give you authority over your situation. Hallelujah. You're going to take authority over the situation. And you're going to come out victorious. You know how their story entered? Amen. And when the king saw that uh, that uh, they, the fire did not consume them, but a fourth person came down to walk with them in the fire. And what did the king say? The fourth person looks like a son of God. Hallelujah. I want to tell you this morning, in your fiery furnace this morning, the son of God is with you. Amen. The one who promised you, I will never leave you nor forsake you is with you in this fiery furnace. So do not lose heart. I mean, do not get discouraged. He's with you in this fiery furnace. And he will continue to walk with you. Amen. And he will continue to lead you. Hallelujah. Amen. And the prayer challenges did not end there. When we come to chapter 6, we can see the third prayer challenge in the book of Daniel. And uh, that's when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. Again, we know the story, so I'm just going to share the spiritual principles with you. We know what happened there. The, just like God showed Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian empire didn't last long. Actually, it was a very short-lived empire uh, during the time of Belshazzar. Um, they got uh, had to become so proud uh, because of their prosperity and the wealth that they have accumulated that uh, uh, King Belshazzar decided to give a party for all his nobles, and to spice up the party, he decided to go and get all the vessels from the from the from the temple, Jerusalem temple, that uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, who was actually his grandfather, had taken, and uh, and because of that, you know, when because of that pride, had gone that far. God had already told them that the their empire wouldn't last forever; there will be a change in authority coming. But because they were so proudful. As soon as they started drinking from the sanctified, amen, the cups in the temple, which was only to be used for sacrifices and God's service, immediately a finger showed up and wrote on the wall. And, and we know the story again. Mene, mene, tekel sin. I have weighed you and found you wanting. Therefore, your kingdom will be taken away from you tonight. You know that same night, 
That same night, the Babylonian Empire came to an end. That same night, the Babylonian Empire will came to an end. I don't have time to explain how it happened. Uh, maybe I will quickly mention it because I believe we still have some more time. Um, because, because this was a drunken party, drunken orgy, and they were all so drunk that they forgot to watch over their king. See, they had made a secret uh, passageway from uh, Tigris River into the palace. So in case there was an attack on the king's palace, the king could escape through the secret passage and come down to Tigris River and get in a boat and get away. Uh, so they had made the secret passage, but nobody was watching it because all the soldiers who were supposed to be watching all got so drunk that night. So nobody was watching it. So you know what actually happened? The Persian soldiers came to know about it uh, and, uh, and they came up through that secret passage and all of a sudden, they just showed up right in front of the emperor, right in front of the emperor inside the palace without any resistance. What did God say? Tonight, your kingdom is coming to an end. Just like God said, uh, his kingdom came to an end that day. Belshazzar was killed and uh, the Persians took over. And when the Persians took over, they got the, all the records of uh, what, ha what happened during the time of uh, uh, the Babylonians. And they came to know about Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. So, and they came to know about their abilities and uh, their wisdom and all these things and gave them high positions in the, in the new empire um, that was being coming on the, that was coming on the scene the persian empire so uh in fact daniel got elevated even higher he became one of the three top leaders in that uh, empire one of the top leaders three, two, one of the top three administrators who are uh, who are taking care of that entire empire and uh, and naturally the persians didn't like that because they knew Daniel was wise. They knew Daniel had uh, the spirit of God in, in him. And they knew about the service of Daniel to the Babylonian empire. But this that was then. This is our time. This is our empire. So we should be ruling it. Not a Jewish man who was brought here as a, as a slave. That's the way they looked at it. So they turned against him. You know the story. And they realized that uh, they cannot find anything fault with him because he lived such a meticulous life. So eventually they realized that the only way we're going to find a fault with him is concerning his worship. So they decided to target him and, uh, and, and convince the king to uh, pass a rule that uh, everyone should worship the king. In those days, it was very common. So they passed that law. Only after they passed that law, did the king realize that they went through all this trouble to trap Daniel? That was it. Only not, not to promote the king, not to lift up the king to the level of a god, no, but to trap Daniel. See, the world is evil. The world will come together to plot against you, amen, to bring you down, to pull you down. But when you are a child of God and the world is plotting to pull you down, what do you do? You do the same thing that you always did. You go home and kneel down before the, <coughs> excuse me, before the Lord. You go and kneel down before the Lord and you continue to spend time in prayer because you know you serve a prayer answering God and you know that God will come through for you. 
Amen. And that's what Daniel did. What do we read about that? What do we read about that? So just like he was always doing, he opened the window towards Jerusalem and he started praying in the morning, noontime, and in the evening to his God. Hallelujah. And what do you think uh, Daniel is thinking? God is going to come through for me. Nothing is going to happen to me. Amen. God is going to come through for me. But you know that, again, God didn't come through for him until he fell in the lion's den. Hallelujah. Until he endured, amen, that hardship, God didn't come through for him. But after he was thrown into that lion's den, we know that God came through and shut down the mouths of the lion. Now listen to me. Listen to me. But something else is there in that story which really caught my attention, which is this. See, Daniel was a man of God who prayed all his life, right? Now, in this elderly years, when he is confronted by this dilemma, do you know who is praying for him? The king is praying for him. Daniel was a man who fasted and prayed all his life, but now the king is fasting for him. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, if you are faithful in your prayer life, amen, if you are a person who pray for other people, who stand in the gap for other people, as we have been doing throughout this month, for throughout these weeks, amen, praying for others, amen, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, if you are a person who joined us in those prayer, prayer lines and prayed for other people, let me tell you, when your family is going through a trouble, God will assign somebody else to pray for you. Hallelujah. If you believe that present, lift your hands and praise God this morning. Amen. Come on, let's praise God in this place. <clears throat> because if you are a man of prayer, if you are a woman of prayer, who always find time to pray for somebody else, when you go through a situation in your life, God will assign somebody else to pray for you. Hallelujah. You don't even know who is praying for you this morning. Amen. You don't know who is pleading your case before the throne of God this morning, but I can guarantee you God has assigned somebody to pray for you. Hallelujah. And not only that, uh, that the king prayed, the king was actually fasting for Daniel all night. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me tell you, anything that you do for the Lord will be always rewarded one day. Amen. Nothing is wasted. If you are the time that you took out to join the prayer line in the evenings is not wasted. Your investment of time by joining the prayer life, prayer line is not wasted. Amen. When you come, uh, I mean, when you come, pick up the phone and call somebody, somebody to comfort them, that is not wasted. Heaven has made a note of that. Amen. During this difficult time, if you are generous enough to buy a little extra grocery and take it to a, a person who is in very dire situation, let me tell you, God will not forget that. Hallelujah. God will not forget that. What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 25? I was sick. You came to see me. Amen. I was naked. You clothed me. I was in jail. You visited me. Amen. Hallelujah. In this, need, in this needy time, we need not only to think about ourselves, we need to think about others also. But when you do that, heaven will make a note of it. Yeah, amen. Remember the testimony of Daniel that he shared with the with King Darius? He said, oh, king, I have always been faithful to you. And I've been always been faithful to my God. I have done nothing wrong against you. And I have done nothing wrong against my God. Because of that, my God took care of my situation. He sent his angel to shut the mouth of the lion for me. 
Hallelujah. If you are faithful before God, oh, children of God, let me guarantee you, if you are faithful before God, and if you walk, amen, in faithfulness before God, God will take care of you. God will assign somebody to take care of you. You will like nothing, even in this difficult season, because your God is still on the throne. Amen. Hallelujah. So the third prayer challenge also got answered, but in a completely different way. God assigned somebody else to pray for Daniel when he couldn't pray. I'm sure Daniel was praying in the lion's den. But, but if one can chase a thousand, two can chase ten thousand, the Bible says. So when somebody else is praying with you, amen, your prayer power is multiplied many times over. So this morning, if you are faithful before God, amen, be confident that God has raised up a number of people to pray for you as you go through a fiery furnace today. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Can we praise God? Amen. Can we praise God for his faithfulness all over, all over? Amen. From all of your homes. Hallelujah. Clap your hands and praise God. Lift your hands and praise God. Let's worship him. Let's worship him. Amen. Because we have experienced that many times in our lives. How many times our God has come through for us. So we can put our trust in him again. Hallelujah. And the last prayer challenge in the book of Daniel is when we come to chapter 10 um, onwards. And by that time, Daniel has retired and he's a very elderly man. And some people say he was in his 80s at that time. And, but you see, once you become a prayer warrior, you always pray. Because prayer became a lifestyle for you. Amen. Remember, Daniel started fasting as a young man. Because one day the king was going to cut off his head. He was going to be beheaded. So he had no choice. So he started fasting out of necessity. But he has no such necessity in his life now. He, he retired at the highest possible position in, in that empire. And he just uh, should be taking his life easy. But once you are a prayer man, prayerful man, you will be always a prayerful man. Once you are a prayerful woman, you will always be a prayerful woman. And that was the story of Daniel. So he continued to pray. And you know what was his prayer topic this time? He, was, he has plenty of time, so he got bought a scroll of the prophecy of Jeremiah, and he is reading through the prophecy of Jeremiah. And in that scroll, he came across the passage that said the Babylonian captivity will be over in 70 years. So he did some calculation based on the time he came to Babylon. He came as part of that Babylonian captivity. So he realized that the Lord 70 years is about to come to an end. 70 years is going to be up pretty soon. And, and what are you doing now? How are you going to fulfill your promise, prophecy? What is going to happen to me? What is going to happen to the rest of the people who were brought here as part of the Babylonian captivity? So he wanted to know. He started to seek the will of God. Amen. And, and, and started praying for a deeper understanding about God's plans for the future. Remember, listen, listen. I learned another lesson this week as I was going over this again. Because Daniel didn't have to pray that prayer, if you really think about it. Because he's the one who interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream. So he knew how it was going to happen in human history. You know, how the human history was going to unfold. He already knew. So why is he fasting and praying again in his 80s? If he already knew that in his 20s, let's say. 
Why is he still fasting and praying in his 80s? Do you know why? Because God only showed him in that picture the human history in general. God didn't specifically tell him what will happen to his people during that time period. As the empires are exchanging hands, as one empire disappears and another empire shows up, what is going to happen to his people? And that's what he was praying about right now. And guess what? In that history of his people was the prophecy of Messiah. Hallelujah. The prophecy about Jesus, about the birth of Jesus. Amen. About Jesus coming to this earth. Amen. An incarnation of God in the person of Jesus. So that's what he was praying about. He wanted to know how it's going to unfold and how is God planning to fulfill all of this. And that's why he was praying. But he didn't get an answer. When he started praying, he did not say, I'm going to fast for three days. He did not say, I'm going to fast for seven days or 21 days. Later, looking back, we know it lasted for 21 days. But initially, he hadn't made up his mind um, uh, that I'm going to fast for 21 days. You know, what was his decision? I'm going to fast until I get an answer. Can you imagine a man in his 80s is making a decision before God that I'm not going to stop my fasting until I get an answer. Oh, I wish we had a, that kind of an attitude towards prayer. I wish we had a, that kind of a commitment towards prayer. Hallelujah. I believe, uh, um, I, I know you are praying people. I know we are a praying church, but I believe we have a much deeper commitment towards prayer. How many of us will say this morning, Lord, I'm not going to stop my prayer until I see my answer. Hallelujah. I'm not going to stop my prayer. I'm willing to stand in the gap. I'm willing to pay the price because I am not going to stop until I see the answer. And that's what Daniel did. And later on, 21 days later, when he got the answer, when the angel Gabriel appeared before him with the answer, he had a completely unexpected story to share with Daniel. And what the Gabriel said was this, Daniel, the first day your prayer had reached heaven. There are many lessons for us to learn this morning about our prayer life. Amen. Daniel, your prayer did not reach heaven after 21 days. The first day your prayer had reached heaven. Hallelujah. And because you are the most dear, Daniel, to God, oh, the most dear person to God, your answer was issued the first day itself. But the answer didn't manifest until the 21st day because there is a force that is opposing your answer from manifesting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm getting in the spirit all by myself. Even mercy is working this morning. Amen. All by myself, I'm getting in the spirit because I'm so excited this morning. Hallelujah. Because this morning, I know we have a similar question before God. God, how come we are praying and praying and praying? My answer hasn't manifested yet. And you know what God will tell you? Hey, your answer reached me the first day. I heard your prayer the first day. And the answer was decreed the first day. But there is a power opposing your answer from manifesting this morning. Hallelujah. And Daniel didn't even know 
Daniel didn't even know about that spiritual battle. That's the truth, folks. This morning, we do not know the enemy's hand that is holding back the answers that should be coming to us, the blessings that should be coming to us, the healing that should be manifesting in our body, the financial blessing that should be manifesting in our lives. Hallelujah. Other prayer topics for which we were praying about. There's a, there's a spiritual battle going on in the, in the sky, in the air. Amen. That your answer is being withheld. But don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. You just continue to pray. Hallelujah. Just make up your mind like Daniel. Amen. You just make up your mind like Daniel and decide that I'm not going to stop this prayer until I see my answer manifest. Hallelujah. For anyone who is willing to make that decision this morning, I can guarantee you that your answer will manifest. Amen. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and say, I, my answer is going to manifest. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's lift our hands and make that proclamation this morning. My answer is going to manifest. My answer is about to manifest because I'm not going to stop my prayer. I'm not going to stop my prayer. I'm not going to let the enemy have victory. Amen. I'm not going to stop my prayer. I will continue on my knees. I will continue in my prayers until my prayer manifests. I want to tell you, God will honor you. Do you know what God had to do to bring you an answer to this elderly man? God sent Michael to wage a battle on his behalf. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, when you are when you are in the sight of God, when you are well known in heaven, when God knows your name, amen. Remember that sometimes we sing that song, that he knows my name. I have a father, he knows my name. Maybe Sister Indira can get ready to sing that song for us after this, amen. And that's a beautiful song, amen. So, so when we are known in heaven, when God knows our name, hallelujah. Let me tell you, God will go to any extent that he need to give you the answer that you need. Hallelujah. Sometimes he has to call upon, sometimes he has to call upon Michael, the archangel, to rise up and do, wage a battle on your behalf to get you the answer. But God will do it. God will do it. He will not stop until your answer manifests this morning. Hallelujah. So it doesn't matter what kind of... Uh, a prayer challenge you have. Look at these four prayer challenges. All of them got answers, but four different ways. The first time, God came through very easily. They got an answer earlier than they expected. Second time, God came through only after they fell in the furnace, in the fire. The third time, God assigned somebody else to pray for Daniel. Nonetheless, it was the king of the land who was fasting and praying for Daniel. And the fourth time, God assigned his chief angel, his archangel, Michael, to fight for Daniel so that he can get his answer. So I can tell you this morning, I can guarantee you this morning, your answer is on its way. Your answer is on its way. Amen. I can tell you this morning, your answer is on its way because God is ready to move on your behalf. Hallelujah. God is ready to do whatever he needs to do to give you the answer this morning. So do not give up. Do not give up. If you are sick this morning, do not give up. If you are suffering this morning, do not give up. If you have needs in your life, do not give up. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. 
keep praying with faith and supplication, with prayer and supplication. Let's make our needs known to our Lord because he is ready to help us. Let's go to him at this time. Will you all join with me and close your eyes with me as we pray together? Hallelujah. Precious Lord, our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this beautiful morning. Lord, we thank you for all of our dear ones who joined us on Zoom this morning. And we also thank you, Lord, for our dear ones who are watching this program on uh, Facebook this morning. And we also pray for the people who will watch this in the future on Facebook or God or on YouTube. Lord, we pray for all of them. I pray, Lord, that nobody will give up this morning. Nobody will stop prayer this morning, oh God. Nobody will stop prayer in their lives because they didn't get the answer when they expected it. That's why, Lord, I shared this message with our folks this morning. Help us to hang in there. Help us to hold on. Help us to continue this fight. Help us to this continue this fight on our knees. Help us to continue to pray until we see our answer manifested in our lives of God. God, every face on this Zoom screen represents needs this morning. Their needs may be different, but they have needs of God. I pray, Lord, that you come through for them. I pray, Lord, that you answer them. Hallelujah. Do not wait, O oh Father. Do not wait, O oh Father. Do not wait, O oh Father. We know, Lord, people get frustrated when they don't get the answers. So come through for them quickly, Lord. Quickly decree and answer for each one of them in the courts of heaven, O oh Father. And let it manifest on earth. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We declare it for your glory, Father. We declare it for your glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray, Father, if any of the answers are withheld this morning, just like Daniel's answer was withheld, God sent forth your angels to release that answer. Release that answer today so that it can manifest in the lives of your children. Glorify in your name in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.